Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. Broadcasting from our flagship studios in Tampa Bay, but on location today in Alpharetta, Georgia. We're broadcasting from Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions in Alpharetta, Georgia, on location with Bob Cater. Yes, that Bob Cater will be joining us in about a half an hour, the guy that started this whole journey for Martha and I when he gave me that halftime book back in January 2004. We're on location in Alpharetta, Georgia, because... In Florida, as you may know, you may have heard the news, it's not exactly a pleasant place to be this weekend. Why is that? Well, you know, Martha, there's some wind or something coming up here. But we uh, evacuated uh, up to the Atlanta area, which took an extraordinary amount of time. And we did that so we can keep the show going. But next week, don't forget, we're broadcasting from the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, unless the Ark floats away after Irma flies its way up there. We might be on it. We might be on the Ark floating down the river, just like in that movie with Steve, uh, what was, you know, when he rode the Ark down into D.C. What was that? Steve Carroll. No, yeah. Steve Carroll was that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that movie? The modern day. Noah's the modern day Noah's Ark. Anyway, okay. So we wanted to just give you an update, let you know what's going on. So we're up in the Atlanta, Georgia area, but we know that there may be many new people listening today that are stuck in traffic somewhere between Orlando and Ocala, Florida. As you're on the highways, just let us say welcome to I Work for Him as you're tuning in. Every day we talk about issues of how to connect your faith to your workplace, how to put into practice what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. And every day in our workroom, we take time just to focus on the fact that your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the work that you do, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. And so as we finish up our day here, in wherever you are and if you're listening to us live i just want to challenge you if you're in florida where the entire state of florida is in the potential mess of hurricane irma before you go today would you just stop for a second and pray with the people in your office they're all just as freaked out as you are all of us are facing this uncertainty just stop and pray with people if you're the leader of the organization just stop and pray with people what were you going to say martha I thought maybe we would pray right We are going to pray. We're going to pray. But I just want to challenge you to pray with the mm-hmm. If you're still at work, pray with the people that you work alongside. Pray for peace. We have no idea what Monday looks like. Mm-hmm. But we do know that our Heavenly Father has all of us wrapped up in His hands. And so we're good. It just may look different on Monday than what you anticipated. So keep that in mind. But let's just pray right now because we could all use a little bit of that. And if you're, like I said, if you're listening to us for the first time as you're sitting in your car somewhere, anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, but we also broadcast across the country on iHeartRadio, letstalkfaith.com, and several other uh, stations. But thank you for tuning in. And just know, if you're from Florida, which we are, it's a little tense. It's a little tough concentrating when people are telling you the world is coming to an end and you're part of that world that's coming to an end. And with the hurricane, if it really does come up the center of Florida, our country is going to look different in the next month than it's ever looked before because we've never had a storm impact 20 million people before at one time. 
You know, so before we pray, one of the things, because we experienced the traveling yesterday, I just want to encourage our listeners that as you're out on the road, as you stop at rest stops, as you go to a fast food place and try to get some gas, remember that there you are a, an ambassador for Christ as well, and that you may be able to encourage somebody next to you because you're everyone's going to be road weary and everybody's and, frustrated and everybody needs that encouragement including ourselves so so just i just want to challenge people with that because we saw that yesterday ourselves and we looked at the roadmaps from orlando taking the florida turnpike all the way up to the villages where it joins in the 75 and about 25 or 30 miles south of the villages on 75 all the way to atlanta it's stop and go the entire time my encouragement to you do two things. Download the Waze app or the Google Maps app and get off the freeway and take the country roads and at least enjoy the trip. And then, Martha, you had the gas. Was it My Gas Buddy? Yes. MyGasBuddy.com or My ba Gas Buddy. It's an app, app. for your phone, yeah. and that'll help you find where people actually have gas. My Gas Buddy is the app and also the Waze app, and that's W-A-Z-E. -Z -E. Yeah, and, and, and that tells you where the red stuff is. But I looked at the map just before the show. It's red, people. It's red from Ocala, Florida, solid to Atlanta and beyond. And we've got people that are trying to go from Atlanta to Louisville, Kentucky, which is about a four-hour drive. It's backed up. And that's probably about six hours. A six-hour drive, and it's backed up on the roads going east and west as well. Because if you take 20, 20 million people out of Florida and you try to spread them out across the country in the southeast, the roads are going to be clogged. So pray, be patient, and, and when you have the opportunity to get to rest areas, when we, yesterday, the rest areas were clogged. Yeah, we'd maybe suggest not going to rest areas. Yeah, I, get off the highways go, and take, the, take and... the highways and byways of yesteryear. That is the way to get wherever you're trying to go. Stay off of the major freeways. It'll be much more peaceful for you. Mm. All right, we're going to pray for everybody, and then we'll get the show started. Father, I just thank you for... The adversity bring in our lives, because we know that the adversity that you bring into our lives takes us from who we are to who you can use more effectively. And Lord, we just, add, we just pray for peace. Everybody listening all across the country, for those people that aren't being directly impacted by this hurricane, Irma, Lord, we pray that you would, in an amazing way, uh, use them to pray for us and pray for peace. Lord, for the 20 million people living in Florida, they're going to be impacted by this hurricane this weekend. Father, we just pray for peace overwhelming, beyond our understanding, peace. And we just thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, like I said, we're on location today in Alpharetta, Georgia, on the international headquarters of Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions. You can find out more about them online, yourbenson.com. And if you are involved in managing apartment complexes, multifamily housing complexes, big ones across the country, this is a company you want to check out, yourbenson.com. They will take all of your marketing needs, everything, encompass it all, and put it into one piece, save you money and hassle, and provide an incredible product for how you promote your apartment community. And Bob Cater will be joining us a little later later tell us some more about that but while we're waiting for bob we brought his incredible wife into the studio to join us right away deanna cater welcome to i work for him thanks jim and this is deanna's first time on the radio so she was uh, throwing things at me earlier going why did you do this to me <laughs> deanna we've got a few minutes left till the end of the the first segment okay i would love you know martha and i had the privilege of meeting you and bob in august of 2003 and it was shortly, and that was right after you guys had become Christ followers. I mean, you guys were just getting baptized right when we met you. Mm -hmm. When you look at your life as an executive before and after Christ, how, what changed? 
I think what changed the most for me was that I looked at who I was living my life for and who I was serving. I no longer was doing what it is that I wanted to do just for myself, but I really um, took a good, long, hard look at, okay, what's it going to look like one day to be standing in front of Jesus and have to answer for what I've done here? And so I think that that probably made the biggest impact on my life. And so um, it was really a turning point for me. And I made a very conscious decision to um, leave the workplace. My kids were in... Um, in elementary school at the time, and I really decided to become a full-time mom then. Well, and you made that decision to become a full-time mom. When you did that, that I mean, that's, that's a big job. And, be, and mom's a tough job. Being a single mom, I think, is the toughest job in America. But being a mom with all the responsibilities is such a big deal. When you look at how you started applying your faith to your work, which was momhood, and uh, hang on just a second. We're, we're, we're doing some moving around here. Okay. Um, when you look at how you did that, you when you guys move up here to the Atlanta area, all of a sudden things were very different for you. You decided not to go back in your, uh, in your career, your marketing career. You decided to really just lift up your kids. How was that when you applied your faith to raising your kids? It was wonderful. I mean, I think initially it was very difficult for me. And I mean, if we're just being honest with one another, I think I had... No, I want you to be dishonest. That's what this show is all about. (laughs) No, but seriously, I think that for a very long time, um, my identity was in my work. And um, Mm. when I didn't have it anymore, um, I really kind of had to come to terms with that and just really be okay with that. And so this really gave me an opportunity to do just that. Um, And I really got involved in... um, you know, in our community, I got involved in um, the kids' school and just in activities and things that really mattered to us. Well, and I joked with you as we're even walking here that you guys were, um, that you're a retired executive. And you really are a retired executive, but you still could go back in. It's not like you're, you know, way beyond retirement years. You've, But you decided to set aside what was, what you were excited about and to be, not that you weren't excited about being a mom, but everything that drove your passion and you set it aside for your kids. And, and honestly, your kids are amazing. So you did a really good job. That was a great deal. Mm. These kids, I wish we could have, I wish we could have Maya and Matson with us because they're really neat kids. Maybe that'll be another show in the future. Mm, All right, like listen that. to I Work For Him as we broadcast from Alpharetta, Georgia today. And we've got Gary Moore here. He's an employee here at Benson and I wanted you guys to hear his story Gary Moore, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, thanks to be here. So, Gary, talk, talk about how you became a Christ follower and a little bit of that story leading up to that. Well, <clears throat> I was raised in the, um, in the church, and, but my father wasn't a believer. My mother got us, you know, took us to church and um, stayed in the church through adolescence as a teenager left, and um, where I, I, I found um, uh, drugs and alcohol and partying, and so I left the church and... Um, Went that way for quite a while, and then in approximately 19, um, when, when I was 44 years old. Um, you don't want to give away how old you are now. That's well, good. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Don't do um, the math. I, was, I had given up drugs, but I was a, a chronic alcoholic, and I uh, didn't have anywhere else to go. And, uh, so God brought you to the end of your rope. I mean, how many of your relationships were damaged by your sin behavior? Uh, who knows? Who only knows? Mm. Um, but God rescued you. You became a Christ follower. Talk, talk about that transformation because you've got quite a story today. Well, yeah, I didn't. Um, I really never quit drinking. I never gave an ultimatum to myself to quit drinking. I just uh, uh, started reading the Bible, and it dawned on me, man, this stuff is true. You know, i got to make a decision in my life about what I'm going to do. And so I just walked into a, a little Methodist church, a little country Methodist church, still drinking, 
uh, went, you know, many times after a rough Saturday night, but I, uh, I said, hey, I've got to go because I'm not going to get any better. I had tried myself, and uh, it just never would work. And uh, slowly it just, uh, the drinking just faded into the past. So as Jesus said he came to restore all things, he restored that part of your body that didn't desire alcohol anymore. Right. It just um it just went away. So talk about now you you're 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 a printer here. You work full time at Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions, right? As a yes, printer. Yes, yes. But you're also a pastor, a pul- a pulpit pastor. Right. I'm a, a Methodist minister, uh part time, bivocational. And um I, I went uh, shortly I was in um I became a candidate for ordained ministry four years after I became sober and got into church. So it was a pretty fast track. Did you know that call was on your life, that you were just ignoring it all those first 44 years? I was in a state-mandated um, intervention when I was 27 years old because I had uh, made some mistakes. And I remember God telling me then, this is what I want you to do. I want you to help people. And uh, I said, well, there's just no money in that. And, uh, <laughs> well, No fame or glory. And eventually um, it, it caught up. That's with true. Me. There's no money, no fame, or no glory if you're doing it right. But right. there's people's lives that are being changed. So how long have you been a pastor then? Uh, starting my seventh year. Okay. So you're a printer pastor here at Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions. I want to make sure yeah. I say it right because Bob Cater, he'll get back at me if I don't do it right. <laughs> and, and you're a pulpit pastor as well at the weekend in a little United Methodist Church. Why don't you give a shout out to the, the Methodist Church? I'm Pastor Piedmont United Methodist Church in Cumming, Georgia. And Piedmont United Methodist yeah, it's, Church. It's a great group of people. How, uh, how many people? You get 100 people, 200 people, 500 people? What do you get? No, we worship about 40. Awesome. Oh, so it's, a, it's like a big, small group. It's a big, small group. I love but that. It, but it's growing. Very personal. But it's growing. So when you look at the work that you do as a printer, how do you see your work as a printer bringing glory to God? Uh, just to be the best I can. Mm. You know, I don't, um, ultimately I work to um, praise God and to um, just amplify what God does in, in people's lives. Um, and that's just it, just trying to be a, a calming force, you know. How often, because people know what you do. People know that you're a pastor. I mean, there's 160 or so people around here. The word eventually gets around, hey, preacher's also a printer. I mean, printer's also a preacher. I mean, that's what they'd say. Yeah. How often do you get that opportunity to pastor people here? Um, you would be surprised, you know. You you feel sometimes that you're supposed to be in full time ministry and you maybe you know God's not giving you enough to do but then sometimes people come up and they're God are you a pastor yeah will you pray for me and mm-hmm. what I found though the most effective thing to do is when somebody wants you to pray for them and this is not just a, a pastoral thing is to grab their hands and pray for them right then Amen. absolutely because they're they're wanting to unburden something and um, it doesn't have to be a big corporate prayer, you know, a professional prayer. Just, you know, just ask God to take the burden from, give them some relief. Yes. And you're not taking the burden on yourself. You're, you're just telling them that, you know, um, God's got that now. And, and, and then you can walk away and go on about your day. And, well, as you said just a second ago that, you, you know, you, you want to be in full-time, you know, you want to be a full-time pastorate, but you really are a full-time pastor, aren't you? If you're if you're in ministry, you're in ministry all the time. But yeah, well, but if you're working, I mean, the work that you do, the job that you hold, it matters to God. The people here need to meet Jesus. Yeah, absolutely, you may be their only chance to meet Jesus. You They're, know, and I love what your shirt says. It says, "Not all superheroes wear capes. Mine wore a cross." It's a great shirt. That Very is, appropriate here, and I work for him. I love that, Gary. Yes. Well, kids at church gave it to me, and I saw him today, so I thought I'd 
wear it for. That's no, great. that's very, very good. Well, we give you an I work for him t-shirt if we had them, but we don't have those. So, you know, that's pretty good. All right. So <laughs> you get a chance, you know, I, I know that a lot of pastors get a chance to go to people's homes and minister to them. Yet really you go here where people spend more time here probably than at, at home because they work so many hours. How often do you, I mean, the relationships that you're building here, where, where are they, where do they lead you? I mean, the transparency, do people get transparent with you and share what's going on in their lives? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You probably sometimes find out more than you want to know. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> and you I'll talk to them later on and you, you anticipate that they'll um, bring you up to speed or something. Mm -hmm. They'll act like it never happened. And you realize that they just really wanted somebody to listen to them. Mm. And, um, it's powerful. The listening ear is powerful. Yeah. But you know, there are so many unchurched people and people who don't have a, a, a community, a faith community, or even maybe a, 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 a well-structured community and so they they're not they don't have access to an unchurched they don't have access to pastoral care and um and i guess i'll provide that so you're really the chaplain here your words <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'd like to thank laureen from calling in from st pete she's the winner of halftime we'll make sure it's gonna be probably a couple of weeks laureen before we get that out to you just because we're on the road and we've got the copies in our Hey, that's very pretty sound. I have no idea what that is. We have background music today. We don't even plan what it is. Uh, but Laureen, we'll get that book out to you in just a few weeks. So hold on tight for that. Gary, so my last question. You lived, uh, you had a pretty rough life, drugs and alcohol, before you really became a dedicated follower of Christ. How often do you find the Lord using your past experience to minister specifically to people today? I used to um, give my testimony quite a bit. And when I went into ministry, <coughs> my wife was like... Um, you have to you have to quit doing that. You're a pastor now. They don't need to know all that baggage that you're carrying. And I said, well, you know, it's it's you know it's what I brought. You know, it's what I got. Mm -hmm. And so um, we were. Um, I, I was going to give a, a testimony, and I, I gave it. And um, somebody came up afterwards and, and said, you know, I needed to hear that because my son's been in rehab. You know, like five times. I just know. I just needed to know there, there's there's hope. And then another time I received a call about 2 o'clock in the morning, one of my congregants, um, who I had known for probably 10 years, I had no idea he drank. And he says, Gary, I've got a problem. I'm throwing up blood, and I'm an mm. alcoholic. And he, I don't know that he would have called another, um, uh, another person with Good that. Good point, yeah. yes. So God's used it a lot. Yeah. So you have a wife that stuck with you through all of that. Yeah. I was, so I there's a background superhero here. Well, I didn't get married until I was um, 39, so, uh, but I was married four years into my, my drinking. So what's your wife's first name? Kay. Well, Kay, yeah, we got a shout-out to Kay. Yeah. I mean, she, that, there's, behind every great man of God, there's always an incredible woman. Yeah, she says, um, I, I pray that God would straighten you up, but I, I just never prayed that he'd make you a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> that's because being a pastor's wife, that's a tough job. It is a tough job, and uh, it's something that we have to work through all the time because the challenges are many. If you have any success in ministry, you're gonna um, something's gonna be trying to stop it. Okay, we got 30 That's seconds right. before we gotta go to break. Gary, just speak to those people listening today that may be struggling with alcohol or drug abuse. Just tell them, tell them where they, give them some encouragement. Um, grace. I always thought I had to change myself before I could come to church, but then I realized if I came to church and asked God that He would fix me, and uh, through His grace, and and that's what happened. Grace is good. 
Grace Amen. is very good. God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. Gary Moore, thanks for joining us, and I work for Thank him right you. here on location at Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions in Alpharetta, Georgia. I really, I was great meeting you yesterday. I was so thrilled that you're going to join us today. But thank you, Gary. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. You're now a radio hero. Yourbenson.com, yourbenson.com. We are now joined by Bob and Deanna Cater. Deanna gave us a little highlight into her life a little bit in the first segment of the show. Bob Cater, that's right, the famous Bob Cater. If not for Bob Cater being obedient to the Lord, I wouldn't be here on the air. Martha and I wouldn't be on the air. In January 2004, I had been joking with Bob that I was going to do my midlife crisis on my own time. And Bob said, I think you need to read this book, this book called Halftime. I just finished reading it. I think it's a book you need to read. And I read that book, and my life has never been the same. Bob Cater, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. We're excited to be on location. I, I gave people a little bit of a, a picture about Benson during the last segment. Why don't you give people, in case there's somebody listening today that's part of a you know, well, multifamily housing conglomerate, they need to know about Benson. Right. So what we do, Jim, is um, we uh, design, create, manufacture, distribute, procure on behalf of uh, owners of apartment communities around the country anything that they need with regard to non-media-related marketing. So that would be anything printed, design, apparel, promotional products, and permanent signage. Why do we do that? <laughs> well, we do that so that um, we can create efficiencies for large owners of apartment communities because most apartment communities without a system for procuring all those items, they have hundreds of vendors. So we centralize it all, put it on a smart store, have a team manage it, and we can really, really create savings. Save time, save money, drive ROI for these operators. Save time, save money, drive ROI, and have a consistent brand being communicated throughout a complex. You got it, Jim. You're, that, you're a quick study. Well, I just, I love it. I mean, you guys should see this complex. I mean, and we'll send, we'll post some pictures on Facebook later, but they, they, everything about this company is creative, and it's so much fun. And I'm so grateful, Bob, that at this last minute that, that you and Brian allowed us to broadcast right here from Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions mm -hmm. and Alpharetta. Georgia. They got that right. Find them online at yourbenson.com. All right. So Bob, Deanna got to share a little bit, of, a little bit. Um, so let me just come back to you then and say, talk about before and after Jesus, mm -hmm. you were involved in this, in, in the multifamily housing world, many years before you came to Christ, your, your life before Christ and after Christ in your workplace, how did it change? Well, so to, uh, to go through what, what happened. So, um, Father's Day 2003, um, uh, when I came to the Lord, um, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't, but, but I knew I needed a change in my life, and that, that was what um, brought me to the Lord, or, or maybe what you know, caused the Lord to draw me to Him. And um, you know, at the time, uh, it, it allowed me to realize uh, something just was not right, uh, personally, at work, uh, with my family, uh, but 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 I was open to change, right? And especially change in me. So that was that was kind of the before, um, and allowed me to make a decision to open my heart uh, to change. And uh, things were kind of crazy in in '03 because we had two uh, brand new kids we had adopted. Um, you know, I had. Um, much success in multifamily. I felt like uh, my 
every everything was expanding, uh, but there was not a lot of satisfaction, mm -hmm. you know. And, and um, it was it was really uh, when I heard a sermon about the responsibilities of a godly father and a godly son on Father's Day uh, that really, really turned my heart and opened my heart up to uh, to understanding. I, I didn't. I really didn't even know what it was to go to church at the time. Well, and it not only your walk with the with Christ, and, and we came in right after it. You guys were just getting baptized when we met you in August of 2003 as we walked into that small group so many years ago. What was it? Common Bond, wasn't it? Is that what it's called? I remember what mm -hmm. our, connection, our yep. small group was meant. Common okay, bond. so you guys were learning about how to live life all over again, right, Deanna? I mean, you guys had just adopted, but again, being a parent before Christ, being a parent after Christ, how did your faith impact how you guys parented these two kids that you guys adopted from all over the world? Well, I think we were just so overjoyed to finally be able to have a family. And I mean, immediately, it, it didn't matter that they were not biologically, you know, ours. Um, the minute that we got a picture and that we went and we saw them, they were our children. And mm -hmm. we were just so grateful and thankful to God that we had them. And I think that... Um, we just knew that we had a great responsibility in front of us and that we were not about to mess it up. And, and these kids, I mean, Matt's and Amaya are neat kids. Yes, they are. Yeah, we've talked to them both today. Yeah, and, they're both. Well, and, Matt's and evacuated right before us. He was texting me at 2 o'clock in the morning as he's going up 75 going, don't do this. This is a bad idea. <laughs> so, but really, as, you, as, you, as we have walked with you these last 14 years, we have just seen, I mean, your lives have changed incredibly. Bob, when you look at yourself now as an executive vice president here at, at Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions, which you can find online at yourbenson.com, talk about, I love doing that. Just that's I, a, I, a, You're good at that. It's fun. <laughs> talk about how your faith, I mean, you're really one of the lead pastors here at this, at, mm -hmm. at this company. How does your faith impact what you do every day? Well, I mean, I, I think, let, let me just, um, something Deanna said really, resonated in me uh going back to the kids go ahead please well to the kids and also to, to work so mm -hmm. just transitioning into uh, my role at work doing what i do for my clients doing what i do you know at work uh, deanna mentioned responsibility um, and it may not have happened on father's day 2003 but what i learned in being open to understanding the way of the lord was that um we didn't do anything to get our children. God gave them to us mm -hmm. and entrusted us with mm -hmm. those children. So for me, when I read Halftime, what just was a simple concept for me was that, okay, this workplace thing isn't just a segment, a separate segment of my life. It is my life, and it is what God has given me in order to provide that he's providing for us, Deanna and I, and to the kids. So for, for me, that, that, that's what uh, faith, the faith change in my mind um, took place in just th that, that perspective that I had. And, and did that, I mean, as you guys came to Christ, how did uh, being, adopting two kids, from two different countries and different sides of the world, how did that help you understand being adopted by by our Heavenly Father into His family? How, how did that impact you, Deanna? Did you ever have that? Did that help you understand the adoption process of becoming one of God's children? Absolutely. I mean, the whole adoption process. I mean, when I look back in hindsight now, I realize that that was 
that was a divine appointment that we were meant to adopt children because through the process of adoption, you come to realize, especially for both Bob and I, who, like you said, had, you know, had some success in our careers, um, really felt good about what we were doing. We realized for the first time that we were not in control of our lives. And through every step of the adoption process, and I mean, we're talking before computers, so we did not have access to getting online and all the social media and being able to see everything in a, a moments, you know, mm-hmm. right, right, right then and there. We had to really have faith even before we really knew what faith was. And so we realized that we did not have control over any of it. And so I think that God was working just in all those little steps throughout the entire adoption process so that when we got to the point where we brought the kids home and, you know, we became a family, we just realized that there was something more and missing in our lives. I, I would say also, too, the, um, the perspective, and I, th- I think it's probably the same perspective. I don't know. Jim and Martha know this perspective when you have your own biological children. Um, but my perspective when the Lord gave us the opportunity to raise Matt's and Amaya was that uh, I truly was able to grasp what everybody was telling me about the unconditional love of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it became a very easy concept for me to receive because we were just, wouldn't you agree, Deanna, we were just blown away by uh, just, just unconditional love. Yeah, mm-hmm. just unconditionally loving our children, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you know, Martha and I adopted a, a child way later in life and she because she lived in such a tumultuous spot has had a hard time receiving unconditional love Mm -hmm. she always worried that something she could do would change how we felt about her and and that is not even possible but it took years to convince her of that well and i think for everybody listening and anybody who in any situation to really grasp that concept that unconditional love even exists you know, until you experience giving it unconditionally and saying, I am loving, yeah. you know, you really understand our Heavenly Father. Well, and as we take this weekend, you know, if you're in the southeastern part of the United States, you are going to learn to appreciate your family better to this weekend than you have probably in a very, very long time because you realize that none of the garbage we have in our lives really means anything. It's just the family that we have, and we need to protect our family at all costs. So if you're sitting there on the beaches anywhere in Florida, get off the beaches, get in your car and drive somewhere safe. We're at the headquarters of Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions, and we have in stu- well in our conference room, how about their conference room? We've go. got Bob and Deanna Cater joining Martha and I. These guys are longtime friends of ours. But again, let me just remind you, if you're just getting familiar with, with I Work For Him, this all started in January 2004 when the Lord had Bob give me a copy of the book, Halftime. And as you know, we've done, I don't know, probably seven, eight, nine shows highlighting the ministry of Halftime. We've given away, how many copies of Halftime do you think we've given away, Martha? Oh, I don't know. Multiple cases of them. Three or four hundred, I imagine. It's just a wonderful thing. So let me just speak really quick to the fact that I just want to encourage our listeners, when God prompts you in anything to be obedient to that. And I think that our whole relationship with Bob and Deanna is based on that on both directions. But I will tell you the very first day we met them, you guys gave us your phone number and you said, I don't even know if you remember this. You scribbled it down in, in our Sunday school class and you were like, we should do dinner sometime. Here's our number. Let's get together. <laughs> and not many people do that. A lot of people wish they would, but they don't. And that act right there 
forged a friendship mm -hmm. that was based on on a lot of things that that God has been able to use, and I'm excited about that. But I see that one act of obedience, and want to challenge our listeners to be more responsive to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, and, and this is it. And we've got friends from all over the country that have offered us a refuge uh, away from Hurricane <laughs> Irma. And Bob and Deanna are one of those. We were planning on spending Sunday with them and doing a show for Monday, 9-11. But they said, hey, can we come up four days early and spend four days with you? Hospitality, Bob and Deanna, is mm. something that is your gifting. I mean, Deanna, mm -hmm. it is, you are the most at home when there are people in your home. You love it. I mean, did, were you like that before Christ, or is that something that Jesus took and just expanded it after you came to Christ? Uh, I have always loved entertaining. I really have. Um, I'm a sanguine um, by temperament, and I just really get energized by people. I love to be around people, and um, I just love to entertain in my home. And so we have always done it, but I think that once we became Christ followers, that that even amplified that much more because we realized we had a responsibility to also just kind of open our doors to everybody because we realized that our home is not ours, that, you know, it's being lent to us while we're here on earth and, um, and that it's really God's home. So, well, and this weekend it's a small refugee camp because you got Martha and I <laughs> and Matson came home from uh, university of Tampa with three, well, with four kids, but, or with five kids, Multiple. three of them staying with yeah. you. So, I mean, it's really a small refugee camp and we're, we're but, but very nice conditions. Not, you know, yeah, we're, not, we're not in a tent, <laughs> although you could have been in a tent for those of you in Tampa. I'm very sorry, but it was 54 degrees here this morning and, and I was frolicking out front. It was amazing. Okay. Enough about Felt the weather, good. but it really about the weather. If you are seriously, take this weekend to appreciate what you do have your family. Mm -hmm. None of the stuff that you may lose because of this storm None of it is important. In the end, it all ends up on a landfill or burned up anyway. I'm just going to requote our governor who said, you can, you can replace your home, but you cannot replace your family. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And the fact that what we talk about every day on the air, building relationships, you know, let's not put our, our trust in the things, but rather in the people. Well, mm -hmm. and if you look at the, how the pe how, <clears throat> excuse me, most of the people died during Hurricane Harvey two weekends ago. It was many of them driving into flooded areas and getting caught up by the current. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And so don't drive into water. As they say in the Weather Channel, turn around, don't drown. Yep. Yeah, wow, just, we've been listening to lots of Oh, them. my goodness. It's just amazing. <laughs> but just be at peace. You know, take this weekend. It is so hard to be at peace when you know that there's impending doom. And there's nothing better for getting impending doom than the Weather Channel for predicting this thing for the last two weeks. Mm. But it is what it is. There is nothing you can do to change what happens this weekend. It is what it is. But our Heavenly Father is not surprised by this at all. Bob and Deanna, you, well, let's just go to you, Bob. You said that the Lord really laid on your heart Proverbs 16. Nine. Just share a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Well, I mean, I, I think that um, be, before Christ, like I'm a planner. I, I love orderly planning. Um, and uh, before Christ... I tended to believe that my plans were my plans, but you know Proverbs 69 says, "A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps." So, mm -hmm. in in the same manner, um, and and this is a process of of being open to c consider um, uh, change along the way. You know, we can put all the plans out there we want, but we have to put it before the Lord. And I think that's allowed me perspective, especially at work. At home, but but also especially at work, um, to uh, to not take things too seriously, 
but to be very, very open to ch- to change. I, I was and change uh, is not something you embraced before no. Christ. I, I was uh, actually gripped with anxiety and fear and uh, very low self esteem uh, prior to Christ, and it's been a uh, pr- a process of really years after O three, fully understanding that I am redeemed. Um, uh, and being restored. No matter what. Yeah, well, and, restored. And, and just look at even your marriage, okay? Look at what your marriage before Christ and after Christ. Deanna, give perspective because, you know, Bob's supposed to be the spiritual leader at home. How are things different at home today than they were before Christ? Well, I think we realize that God is in the center of our marriage right now and that we have, you know, I guess the common thread throughout this whole conversation today is just a greater responsibility. I mean, we realize that we're, you know, as Christ followers, that we're an example to the people around us. We're an example to our children. We're an example Mm -hmm. to our, you know, extended family, immediate family, to our friends, to our coworkers, to the people out in the community. Um, people know that we're Christ followers. And so, you know, they look at us and and they observe what we're doing. And so we do feel a sense of responsibility with that. And, um, you know, we know that we're in it for the long haul because we've made a commitment. It's not an option to, you know, to get out no matter how we feel. And a commitment is about a decision, right? So, and and, uh, one analogy I could give you here at work is that we have have these these key fobs, you know, on Mm -hmm. our our keychain, and you have to strike the key fob, you know, in order to get into the building or, or certain parts of the building. So the analogy we've, we've provided to our staff is that, you know, just it, it's a, it's a trick. You can look at that key fob when you walk in in the morning and think, I'm going to swipe right. I'm going to swipe right. Meaning I'm making a decision to leave my baggage or understand my baggage and, and, and be a friendly partner to somebody at work. And that's a very Christian you know, principle because it starts with a decision on how I'm going to receive the day. Mm. All right. So I love that. And it just, it is a choice. And it's a choice just like on a weekend like this where we can grab God's peace or just be at unpeace. I mean, but, but Jesus can bring that peace that passes all understanding. Now, you guys are on the board of directors for I Work For Him as we go in nonprofit and as we really work on taking this thing national. Bob, when, 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 we, when you see what the Lord allowed you to influence, and really many times over the years and many shows, I mean, you've given, given me a lot of input the last four and a half years we've been on the air. What do you see? What's the vision that you see God laying on your heart for where you think I Work For Him is going? Mm-hmm. Well, what I see, Jim and Martha, is that this is... Uh... Again, back to the principle that we started talking about. This is something that the Lord has given to you. So in being good stewards of I Work For Him, I see it as as the platform uh, where anybody can go who who works, you know, and understand how to be better equipped um, to share Christ in the marketplace. And um, it could be as simple as... as uh, as getting close to your coworker and swiping right and smiling at them and showing unconditional love without sharing a verse, mm-hmm. or it could be the fact that um, that specific act of kindness or love opens that other person to share a hardship where you can share a verse. And Gary shared a little bit of that during the, the second segment of the show. Okay, yeah. So, so for me, um, the the vision for I work for him would be and and why I'm very interested in in I work for him is is that um, you can learn something at church obviously go to church but it happens side by side arm in arm 
out there in the world where uh, we as Christ followers are called to to be Christ and uh, and to be a friend unconditionally. So what I love about it is the opportunity for uh, anybody in the marketplace, workplace, uh, who's a Christ follower to, to learn how to better do that. Deanna, go ahead. And I was just going to say, Jim, that this really it boils down to choice. We all have a choice to choose to come into the workplace and to show Christ to those around us. In fact, it's kind of funny because at the gym today, I was telling Martha, when I was at the gym today, there was a big quote on the wall and it said, we all have choices, but in the end, our choices make us. And I think that that's really true. Well, and when you look Mm -hmm. at the choice to follow Christ, Martha, I mean, it really, that's the ultimate choice that, that, that changed our world July the 13th, 1979. Most definitely. And every time since then, every choice every day, the things that we do, the obedience, you know, like you guys talked a lot about um, earlier on and being um, teachable. Those are all things, they're, they're choices that we make. Bob and Deanna Cater, thank you for all of your help, all your support with I Work For Him. Mm-hmm. Bob, thanks for letting us be here on location at Benson Integrated Marketing Solutions in Alpharetta, Georgia. Anytime. Anytime? Absolutely. I want to be in that comfy chair room next time, though. Check them out online at yourbenson.com. But Bob and Deanna, thanks for being on iWork for him thanks, today. Jim Thank you, Martha. Jim, Martha. Mm, and you. be safe this weekend. Be praying for your neighbors. Be praying for each other. Be praying for peace. Just recognize that none of this is surprising our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be a rough weekend, but just be at peace. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for Him. him.